0: Joe, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Thank you very well, Joe.
0: Pleasure to be here today. Joe, tell me, why are you invested in Rialto Labs? Why you got involved?
1: Okay, so the idea for Rialto Labs was formed in mid-2020. I had been working at that time in the aviation industry in Hamburg, Germany, as an engineer. And like many people, uh, I suddenly found myself having a lot of time on my hands uh, during the COVID lockdown period. And I had been collaborating with my eventual co-founder on another project. So we both reached out to our people in our networks and, and quickly realized that many shared similar interests and thoughts uh, relating to innovative technology and the change that was occurring, we felt, rapidly within the space. And so what we did was decided to put people together, a group with the purpose to share ideas and thoughts and taking information from different industries and experiences and amalgamating them internally. And the outcome from this very interesting and fun ideation period was to identify a clear opportunity to develop solutions utilizing near-infrared spectroscopy, which is in itself a mature technology that we had identified as largely underutilized, residing in academic research laboratories and learning institutes. So they were the very
0: early days Joe, and the idea behind Rialta Labs. So what you're telling me is during COVID, you've been a creative person, that entrepreneurial spirit where most people were tuned in and watching Netflix. You created a think tank to see, was there any opportunities out there for a business idea and something that may open up to creating your own organization?
1: That's 100% correct. I decided to to use the time to do so and and I found it very encouraging and and I was very proud to actually experience this and go through this with with leaders in in space and from different industries so a very productive period and it's exactly right. We identified an idea to pursue a business directly from this this group of people
0: and what was the business and what was the idea near infrared
1: spectroscopy is the technology that we identified as largely underutilized. And we felt that it was broadly applicable to include analysis for many different industries. And having had the experience for many years with large project delivery and in senior leadership positions, I felt I decided to commit full time to this project and take the lead and put partners together and key stakeholders to advance the opportunity to where we are today. So that was basically how the idea came and, and the decision
0: that we took to pursue it. And why was there a gap in the mark? What did you find that you kind of went, okay, we have something here?
1: Well, when we went full-time on, on the project, we went on a period of research and to understand uh, different industries' needs. We started with aviation and then we went into agriculture and we had some domain expertise there and quickly realized that the majority of any analysis that was done in in all of these industries was done by chemical extraction methods, a decades-old practice that raised issues relating to the the handling, the preparation, the precautions, the cleaning and disposal of of toxic chemicals and consumables. So having said that and having a clear understanding of the issues, we were then able to identify, clearly identify a problem For which we wish to solve.
0: So, what did you identify and what was the solution?
1: So, we decided as a priority to pursue the agriculture industry under the life sciences umbrella and the environmental issue. We found as during this uh, process of research, And and, and discussing this with with many different people that there was a common problem there. And the one that we identified clearly was a systemic one, simply by the use, the need, the dependence upon toxic chemicals and consumables being the major contributing factor here. So we have with our lead scientists a significant amount of domain expertise relating to previous creations for models within the agriculture industry. And this had been, we we had noticed that near-infrared spectroscopy was being relatively, I should say, utilised within this sector for applications such as for animal feed and dairy products and and a limited amount for fertilisers. So then we decided to research the possibility for uh, utilising this technology for the analysis of soil. And that's basically the direction and the reason that we went in this
0: particular way. Why is it so important to test these?
1: So there is a saying, uh, Joe, that we that we are guided by it. Is there in North Star at Rialto Labs? If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So for animal feed, it's important that correct amounts of fats and proteins would be integrated into the animal feed itself for optimizing the feed. And for fertilizers, it's very important to understand. The composition of the fertiliser, particularly nitrate-based fertilisers, as we are aware that nitrates also cause significant harm to the environment, both in the water systems and being released as nitrous oxides. So understanding these parameters in detail is important to to many industries, but particularly to those that I just mentioned.
0: The process for people that are listening to this today, that these samples are sent off. Correct, and I'm guessing that you found that there was a gap in the market in in the time to get these samples back, which in itself held people back from making the decision of what what were to, to do with either the land or with the produce.
1: It's a laborious undertaking, Joe and a task to actually physically analyze one sample for multiple parameters using the existing chemical extraction methods. It starts by actually physically being out there in the field, collecting, bagging, tagging, and then sending the sample to the laboratory where once received it it must undergo further significant handling and preparations, as I mentioned. And this is all to analyse one sample. And if we multiply that by 100,000, as an example of a larger lab in Ireland, we can begin to now understand the issues that they face with simply keeping up with demand that is rising and increasing year after year. So it's very laborious undertaking. And if the laboratory wishes to scale... To meet this demand, they must do so and bring forward all of the associated issues with the handling preparation, as I mentioned, and precautions. So therefore, scaling to meet demand is is not possible, certainly not possible sustainably. And this is where we
0: wish to help. So like 100,000 samples sounds like a lot of work and sounds, sounds like there can be error. If you're dealing with so many samples, what you're saying, come up with a solution for if an organization or a lab wants to scale up, it's going to make them, it's going to make it a lot easier for them to do so.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the lab can scale and uh, firstly, they can increase their throughput with the similar given resources. And as a result of increasing increasing their throughput naturally they increase their profit but what it has the effect of is reducing the backlog and this backlog is increasing for the clients who are paying for this analysis so it really has a a a two-tiered effect It, it helps the laboratory scale sustainably it reduces their need and dependence upon toxic chemicals and consumables increases their throughput and provides the results to their clients Potentially reducing the backlog, retaining their clients, and and being able to scale in a sustainable way for the similar given resources. So there's compelling reasons to to continue this discussion and to work towards integrating this solution into a laboratory
0: workflow. Could you expand that a little more, please?
1: Yes. Yeah, so near infrared spectroscopy is 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 a mature technology. I should say that has, as I mentioned briefly, remained largely underutilized in uh, in in academic laboratories and research institutes and uh, and learning institutes so there's been a significant amount of papers being written over you know the last 10 to 15 years on its potential yeah but time has caught up with this so timing is everything as they say in business and and what we're finding now is that there's a perfect storm brewing on the horizon where once converging and now once emerging and now converging technologies such as cloud and AI machine learning algorithms are now also mature enough to align with the increase in quality and availability of handheld portable near-infrared devices, which is marking the beginning, Joe, of the truly on-site capability of near-infrared spectra analysis. So there's converging technologies that are also have been maturing over the last years to be able to facilitate this possibility and commercialize um, and utilize near-infrared spectroscopy in the field. How does it work? It works by shining light on a sample and measuring the amount of light absorbed or reflected at different wavelengths. And as I mentioned, it is from the near-infrared spectra range, which sits between the visible and the mid-infrared ranges on the light spectrum. And once we collect the the, the spectra, the uh, which is in fact a spectral fingerprint of the soil sample, we can upload this onto a cloud where once created, an AI model can be there sitting, waiting to provide context to this spectral scan and deliver this as information to our clients. And, and the benefits of this are numerous as it requires no chemicals or consumables to perform the soil analysis and it requires minimal sample preparation. Therefore, it is it is extremely fast. So speed and, of delivery. Um, yeah speed of delivery, you know, the the game changer and the innovation here is developing this capability to, you know, firstly, harvest the large data, create the model, and once created, continue to add to this model, which continues to improve its accuracy and its robust nature, and develop the capability to, in fact, uh, take the laboratory outside and on-site and into the field, and deliver the information to the client's at the point of measurement in near real time. This is what we are working towards. And this is, in fact, what the innovation means to Rialto Labs, doing more with less.
0: What's been the response? Very
1: positively so far. Our research, and and certainly having discussions with laboratories, not just here in Ireland, but also overseas, we, we, we listen to the language that they're telling us, Joe, language such as there are compelling reasons to to proceed and, and to work towards integrating this solution into their workflow. I had feedback from a client who, who suggested also that near-infrared spectroscopy could become, from their scientific board, the primary method of analysis within five years. So there's massive opportunity to, to think about expanding and, and and scaling and introducing this to many laboratories, not just in Ireland, but overseas
0: you mentioned also different industries. Who else be interested in this?
1: So laboratories would be interested, of course, as I mentioned, to help them scale in a sustainable way. But also local farm domestic enterprises would be interested in this in, in this method of analysis, also because it gives them access and, and at a cost-effective point to be able to adopt some precision agricultural practices. As also the farm enterprises are faced with many challenges. Uh, such as a reduction of greenhouse gas emissions or a reduction in nitrate-based fertilisers. So farm enterprises, laboratories, international food and drug authorities, local government councils in developing nations, uh, etc. Uh, regenerative agricultural companies that are seem to be coming on the scene nearly every day. Uh, carbon farming enterprises that are growing and growing as we all are trying to align with the vision of, of of climate neutral nations, sustainability, and digitally connected uh, nations, also. So these are the drivers of this need and demand for 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 this type of analysis.
0: So you mentioned earlier, it's hundred thousand samples. What's that going to increase to?
1: Well, that was for one laboratory. I mean, there is one hundred and thirty, just over one hundred and thirty five thousand farms in Ireland alone, and Ireland is a first world nation where we're producing. I should add in context, you know, more food for for 10 times this population. So we're talking about a first world problem, however real it is. And even in Ireland, even though we are in a first world nation, it is a very strong case to suggest that every farm in the country could take an analysis at least one time a year, because there is going to be more government uh, incentive and also requirements to do so as the nations, as I mentioned, are trying to comply with climate change mitigation initiatives. So currently we see that there's about 45,000 farms in a year getting analysis. And if they probably average between five and 10 samples, you will be looking at about 500,000 samples in Ireland, roughly this year. And that's expected to grow to over, in the next three years, over one million, one million to 1 million to 1.5 million samples in a year. And, well, and that's just the next three years.
0: You know, what are governments doing? Or how are the EU gearing up with the AI technology and do they need to improve the soil treatments? What are governments actually going to be doing? Yes, yeah,
1: certainly. Uh, Chagas is the local government agency responsible for, for carrying out the research to support uh, innovative technology. And they've just released a paper recently uh, to... Identify the problem that's in the space, for example, to support large-scale um, baseline assessment of, of organic carbon stocks that are in the ground. And this paper obs- uh, has the observation that it's not possible to do so with the current resources and methods of analysis. So that greatly supported um, the theory uh, that we have or, or the problem and, and the applicability that we have identified. And these papers have been supported also and being released more frequently in Europe and also internationally. The Australian government, for example, are quite progressive, where they're already incentivizing local farm domestic enterprises with financial incentives to adapt some soil conservation practices to meet these challenges and these targets. So it's happening. We also are participating in the UN Glossalan Food and Agriculture uh, Network, and this is a collaboration of 200 plus laboratories that are trying to align with with protocols and procedure, procedures to address this so there is uh, government initiatives programs to support the commercialization of such technology Joe, and that's very
0: encouraging i should add so then how will the industry look in the next 5 years
1: Oh, we anticipate that near near infrared spectroscopy will play a major role uh, in in the sampling particularly of soil it really has to uh, having a detailed and, and uh, understanding of all the issues that we have taken a lot of time at Rialto Labs to do, clearly identifies a, a problem, and that's the problem we wish to solve. So we we feel near infrared spectroscopy will play a significant role in this type of analysis for the foreseeable future, certainly in the next ten years. And that's and that's as I mentioned also broadly applicable for for other areas of the agricultural industry and also the environmental science in, industry. And other industries, I should add, but that's maybe a subject for a different discussion today. Our priority is clearly on those two sectors for the moment.
0: How has the industry welcomed you? Have they kind of gone, oh my God, we need this. Is there any pushback if it's new technology or disrupting the status quo? So, you know, how have you been welcomed into the industry? And what is your feedback from people that have you spoken to or worked on projects with?
1: So the, the issues that I've spoke about and raised are nothing new. They they are well known and very often reported. So there's no discussion around the issues because they, they they are clear. It's often met with you know if you're trying to introduce a technology that's going to impact current practices, well that is often met with with resistance. I have to say, but certainly welcomed. Uh, yeah, it, it's a matter of the the foresight and the belief to be bringing key stakeholders together because having these stakeholders for example the Chagas or policy makers in the same room agreeing is going to be very instrumental in scaling this this potential into into mainstream but having the laboratory, laboratories themselves on board Joe, is is key to actually having this working in collaboration and partnership with the laboratories that are actually carrying out and having their support and their testimonial will also accelerate this process. And that's really what we have been focusing on. And particularly me, as I as I take the lead to put these partners and key stakeholders together to be having this discussion. And that's been very well received and very positive so far.
0: We know in an industry, it's all about solving problems. And those problems then relate to making someone's job more easier or To help an organization become more profitable with the work that you are doing what is the end result the industry or say an organization that says right joe we need your help to solve this problem here or we're not aware of this problem but we now know we we have what what's the end result that if someone takes you on what are they hoping to achieve
1: Firstly, they're they're going to we we will consult with them to make them aware of the possibilities and the compelling advantages or reasons to integrate Nears into their into their workflow. So it's a process of consulting with you know listening to their problems, identifying the problem, introducing Nears as a potential solution particularly i keep going back and just mentioning with regard to laboratories i do so because they carry out 100% of the analysis that helps the operators there uh, work in a in a clean manner there's no you're re- you're reducing or eliminating we hope eventually to um eliminate or reduce handling issues with regard to cross contamination of toxic chemicals and consumables and And, of course, uh, making their job easier and their life easier is is going to be more productive, certainly, and increase profitability of that organization and add significant value, but also on the other end, to the clients who are paying for this service, it then becomes more credible, more how could I put this more meaningful for for the farmer to get rapid analysis where they can actually believe they can take an action to address the it seems, the growing list of challenges that they face.
0: You mentioned there are toxic chemicals in consumables. Can you mm-hmm. elaborate on that a little more?
1: Yeah, well, for each sample will have to be added with some chemicals to extract nutrient information. So each sam- sample itself would come in and going through some minor standard preparations, such as drying and sieving uh, to, re- to remove moisture, and then they would all be separated into their own little areas where they where chemicals will be added to extract the nutrient information is basically the process. So the use of these chemicals and mixing them together, trying to avoid any leakage and then, you know, cleaning up the area because it's wet. They're wet chemicals, right? It's not a dry process. And disposal are all of the handling and precautions that, on, that, are, that are undertaken on a daily basis within a laboratory workflow.
0: So, what you're saying then is that you are eliminating by using NIRS, you are eliminating this whole process of this. Completely. Toxic. Yeah, completely.
1: Completely. There's no chemicals or consumables used in this process. Therefore, it is extremely operator friendly, clean, reliable, cost effective, and fast. These are the main advantages of adopting NIRS into a workflow. We we have a uh, an integration proposal or a blueprint for integration we call it that we have worked on for the last number of months where initially we could integrate this as an additional step into the workflow, but by doing so, reduce initially uh, the use of toxic chemicals and consumables by seventy five percent, and that's that and that's straight away. That's a and massive these, amount. A massive amount. A massive amount. And and I would like to add that we we are in engaging in our plan to engage in a pilot study that's going to demonstrate the effic- efficacy but not only the numerous compelling reasons but also to identify which parameters would be um available for for commercial um opportunity to be able to be promoted to to laboratories clients considering that they may have thousands of of clients some of the potential clients could have 12,500 farmers so it's very important for us to have the testimonial and to demonstrate efficacy. And also, I should say that the primary reason for engaging in this pilot study would be to harvest the large data uh, as reference uh, to create an AI model that will be able to provide an accurate prediction or an accurate nutrient information analysis in real time. And that's, that's what we're looking for.
0: So the real benefit of it then as well is really clearing up the toxic chemicals and speeding up the amount of time that is being used presently for those samples to get them back out to the the farming industry or whoever it may be.
1: Absolutely. This is what the laboratory can do. But we invent, eventually envisage, envisage by trialing this uh, this pilot study and deploying them into portable devices that we feel that we could also provide practical tools for agronomists or, or farm consultants to be able to actually visit and go on site and carry out that analysis on site and in in near real time. So having the data is necessary to do so, creating the model and then deploying them into portable devices, which is really Providing a significant service to 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 the farming industry throughout the whole country, and particularly relevant for developing nations that don't have access to any analysis whatsoever. It may be even if you are lucky having analysis of a laboratory for every five hundred kilometers, but even then it's quite limited. So there is lots of possibilities to scale this both domestically and internationally.
0: Our seasons change, our weather change, and you know, speed of delivery is crucial to feed a nation. What you have and what you're offering is a game changer.
1: Completely. And, you know, sometimes I'm I'm writing a document at the moment, uh, Joe, but that's quite, that's a very interesting point because, you know, sometimes we forget the reason and the fundamentals why we're doing it. And, 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 soil itself, you know, is as we are aware, but sometimes it's just sort of lost. Soil is, is essential for delivering the ecosystem services that we all as humans rely upon. And in particular, and more importantly, healthy soil can feed a growing population at a time when we're losing resources on a global scale. And healthy soil, I'm sure many are becoming more aware now, can mitigate the effect of climate change right by a process called carbon sequestration essentially removing co2 from the atmosphere back into the ground with the soil acting as a sink in a similar way than the oceans or the forests can do but basically for this to happen certain conservation practices need to be adopted and the, and these conservation practices will be able to facilitate this removal or a reverse reversal of CO two emissions. And that's really important. But to do so, periodic analysis to understand if soil is healthy or not, periodic analysis is necessary. Wow. So yeah, it's
0: very exciting and very interesting. It is indeed. Joe, have we left anything out?
1: I'm excited for the future. I would like to add that um I do think it's important for business leaders You know, that we believe that the future will owe a lot lot of character as to how we think about and how we invest in and how we deploy powerful new technologies and will be guided by the choices that that people make today. And uh, certainly for me, as a business leader and an innovator, I'm very aware that we need to continue to look forward and try to look around corners to try and see and develop solutions to meet the needs of our clients moving forward and into the future. So thank you very much, Joe, for the opportunity to be here today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Rialtalabs.com is our web address. You can please, you could, you could send a contact request there or hello at Rialtalabs.com. If you drop us a line there, we, we'll get back as soon as possible. I would love to take questions or, or continue the discussion. I do believe that maintaining momentum is very important. And uh, my profile is Joseph McMahon. Uh, You can search that at Rialto Labs, and there's also information and some articles written uh, about us. So there's information out there already.
0: Joe McMahon, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure.